Welcome to The Heightening, a place for those who are answering the call of God to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. We are women who are being elevated to a level of intentionality and empowerment to lead the life we were created to live. Please welcome our host, Yolanda Caldwell. Welcome, welcome to The Heightening. You know, the pandemic has forced many to shift in various aspects of their lives. Some of our commutes have gone from 40 minutes to five minutes. That's with a quick stop in the kitchen. Traffic is now too many devices on Wi-Fi. And an emergency at work could involve anyone from your spouse, the children, the pets, or even a neighbor. Listen, I've even invested in a sign for my door that says, do not ring the bell when I have presentations. You know, our celebrations have changed. Drive-bys are now for celebrations. And hybrid are not only cars, but the blend of virtual and live learning events. The pandemic has changed our lives and our perspectives forever. And one of the biggest shifts is how we spend our time. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Deborah Gladney and Angela Mowazi Hall. Deborah and Angela are sisters and daughters of African immigrants and founders of Quick Hire. Welcome, Deborah and Angela, to the Heightening. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you having so us. much. Okay, so this is going to be fun. This is my first time interviewing two people <laughs> at the same time. So I'm not sure how <laughs> we're going to do this, but we're going to figure it out. So I'm going to start with Angela. Angela, All right. tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, currently I live in Los Angeles. Um, I have a background in career and educational advisement, which actually is one of the um, catalysts to where the idea of Quick Hire came about. But um, Deborah and I have always been creating things together, um, whether it was music and songs or plays or you know, big ideas, um, and now we are creating this app to help people find jobs in their area and help them get back on their feet. And so, yeah, we're just really excited to talk to you. We're excited to be the first two guests at the same time. Uh, we know how to bounce off of each other really well. So, so, yeah, so this is going to be great. <laughs> Deborah. So, Deborah and I have known each other for a number of years. We are sorority sisters, and I am so excited to share this opportunity with her. Share more about yourself, <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? Fun fact, Yolanda, I forgot to mention that Angie is also our sorority sister, too. What? So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, when Angie says that we have been working together in a number of different ways, obviously that's even just another layer of our working together in more than just being um, blood sisters. But, yeah, a little bit about me. I'm actually the fourth out of the five kids that are in our family. And, yeah, as Angie said, we've always been creating from day one. And Angie, bless her heart, she always just kind of was supportive of my madness. We used to, I used to force her to like make up dances with me in the basement and she would just, she was just always down for the cause, for my foolishness. But we've always had just a special bond from from the beginning. Um, We went to the same college together. Um, We both went to Kansas State University. 
And um, I actually studied journalism, so I had some experience in news and PR and things like that. And I also have experience launching my own PR consulting businesses where I kind of got my feet wet in entrepreneurship. And so I really do feel like it prepared me pretty well for this next juncture of quick hire and working with my sister on it. So again, we're just so happy that you're doing this and are excited to be a part of it. Oh, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that my sorority sisters are with me. Yeah. We are going to share some <laughs> great information with you. you know, so we're going to get, a, get into our details, and we're going to talk a little bit about business. So about 60% mm-hmm. of the businesses that have closed during the pandemic will not reopen, according to CNN. And that mm-hmm. is devastating news. Um, it is heartbreaking to see individuals who have invested so much time and energy into their business and to see it impacted in this way um, has caused Mm -hmm. a lot of distress. There's an interesting side to that story or the the other side of that coin is that while 60% of the businesses that have closed will probably not reopen, the small Business Association and the Census Bureau reports that 500,000 applications for EIN numbers has occurred since mid-March of this wow. year. Exactly. Isn't that crazy? Now, yeah. 20% from normal, but 500,000 applications. Um, some mm-hmm. other statistics, 300 startup loans worth $153 million were issued by the Small Business Administration Mm -hmm. during the same time. And Stripe, which is a credit card processing firm, states Mm -hmm. that they have handled more than $1 billion in sales for businesses that started on the platform since mid-March. Wow. So it's about perspective, and it's also about experience. Um, It's about looking at business and understanding that there are highs and there are lows. So I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you, ladies, why start a business in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let Angie take this one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it kind of goes back because with this idea for Quick Hire, I've actually had it for years. Like, I had it actually on a 2017 vision board. <laughs> It was something that I wanted to to work on, and the idea came about. You know, like I said, I had a I have a background in career and educational advisement, and a student came to my office, and she had all of these paper applications. She was trying to find a local job at a grocery store or a retail opportunity, and it kind of struck me in that moment that there really hasn't been any advances in the skill trade and service industry as far as how to find a job. A lot of times, you have to still walk into their physical location just to even know if they're hiring. And then they hand you a paper application or send you to numerous different websites that are really clunky and hard to navigate and told Deborah about this. And we started doing some research and, you know, both Deborah and I have had these type of jobs growing up and our parents uh, migrated here over 30 years ago from Uganda and they supported our family of seven with these jobs. process of hiring and and, and finding these um, opportunities really hasn't changed much. So since that time of the initial idea, we've just been researching, we've been building the idea. But when COVID hit, we saw that millions of people lost their jobs and, you know, as we had stated, many of 
companies and businesses closed and there's just a surplus of people that needed to find work and needed to find opportunity quickly. And I always say Deborah called me at like 4 a.m. one day <laughs> saying that now is the time. Like now is the time we have to launch Quick Hire. There is a need uh, all, all, all over the world for people to find opportunity fast. So COVID was really the catalyst to get our company moving. I like the way how you said that it was a catalyst of an idea mm-hmm. that you already had. It was on your vision board. Mm-hmm. You were, and you can point to the specific need that you were feeling. And a lot of people start businesses not really understanding their purpose or the purpose mm-hmm. of the business. Right. So, Deborah, share a little bit about that 4 a.m. phone call. What pushed you <laughs> to say, wait, first of all, why did you answer the phone, Angela? No. <laughs> no. She's always coming at me, but she answered. <laughs> right. If someone calls you at 4 a.m., it's like, what's going on? All right. So exactly. I knew it was going to be something big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, to jump in there, first off, to explain 4 a.m., I have a newborn, so I don't sleep anyways, and sometimes I forget that uh, others do sleep. (laughs) But that being said, um, you know, just that call, the reason why I made it, you were able to see just real time what was happening. Obviously, as Angie was saying, you know, over 3 million people, like in in the peak of it in March, there were like over 3 million unemployment claims, um, something like that. And it was just it was it was just eye opening and just jaw dropping just to see the amount of impact something like a pandemic had on our economy. But what was interesting is that while you were seeing all of the certain companies, you know, suffering, there was a surge of companies who were indeed hiring, and you know, I, especially in the retail, uh, well, especially in like the service industry, blue collar workers. So it wasn't so much that there wasn't any opportunity out there. What we were seeing is that people were going to have to learn how to pivot. You know, mm-hmm. um, just as companies were trying to pivot and figure out how they can operate under under a pandemic, people were, you know think in the same way that, okay, maybe I used to be working, you know, a desk job, but I've been furloughed. And I just honestly, I need to provide food at, on the table for my family. And so I might just need to be, you know, stocking shelves at a grocery store or being um, a food delivery driver and helping people in that way. Um, so what we wanted to do was be able to connect those people to the opportunity that was out there. And so that's why we really wanted to focus in on this sector, just and people realized how essential these jobs were to our economy. We talked a little bit about the change, and you used the word pivot, how words and meanings have shifted as a result of the pandemic, and you hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, who became essential? Who right. became essential right. during the, the pandemic? And you identified a need for those who we who we as a community as a country needed the most the the essential yes. employee the the person who was going to do some of these jobs that we did not as a society um give them value at one yes. particular point in time and yeah. you know my father um was in the transportation industry and 
I understood the value of it, but I, I will admit that as time has gone on and we have become so technologically focused that, you know, some of those things did not seem the same or did not have hold the same value. So I thank mm-hmm. you for um, taking the time and really looking at bridging those two things together, technology and that essential worker and how to help them connect so that they could provide for their families as well as provide for society. So kudos to you for having that vision to um, mm-hmm. bring that together. Now, one of yeah. our audience, many of our audience members are women of faith. How does your faith mm-hmm. play into what you're doing and how you were open to um, bringing this idea to life? Yeah, which is a really great question because, you know, first and foremost, that is our faith is key to who we are as people. And especially Mm -hmm. running a startup, it has so many challenges. And especially launching a startup in the midst of a pandemic, it's almost Mm -hmm. to a point where I, I can't, it's hard to imagine running a startup without faith. And in those days where you feel like, you know, just as we were talking before we started this interview about a recent setback we had, you know, without having the faith of knowing, okay, God, if this is what you have for me, you know, it will be, you know, and I trust and believe that you will close the doors that need to be closed and open the doors that need to be open. And I feel like, again, it's that faith that keeps us um, moving forward and trust and believe the path that he has has us on. It may not make sense to us, but we know that it will all make sense in the end. So yeah. that's been really helpful for us as we've been trying to navigate this. Yeah. And another point is, you know, neither one of us have a background in tech. And so going into uh, this startup world was something really new for us. But yeah. I really do, I believe scripture is like Matthew 25. I think it starts at verse 14, the parable about God giving you talent. And basically, you know, it, it, it pretty much says that when God gives you something, he, you have to go and use it. You can't bury it in the ground. You can't, you know, be afraid to use it because if you bury it in the ground, you may be blocking the blessings for millions of people yeah. around you. Yeah. You know, God gave you an idea for a bigger purpose beyond yourself. And so mm-hmm. literally that is a, a passage that I live my life by. Matthew 25 is something that to look into, but literally when this idea uh, when I when I had this idea initially, you know, like I said, it was on that 2017 vision board, but it kept coming back up and it kept coming back up and it kept coming back up because we knew that this was an idea that shouldn't be buried in the ground, um, but it should come to life because it's going to help millions of people. And it was an idea yeah. that was really God's done. Yeah. We could end the interview right there. If you didn't get anything hey, out of this. Hey, you, yes, I meant. Women, mm-hmm. as you are listening, when you have an idea, uh, one, so a couple of nuggets to to get really quick. One, mm-hmm. write the vision, make it plain. When you right. have that idea, write it down, put it someplace where you can refer back to, re- refer back to it, put it on a vision board, but hold on to it. Do not let it go mm-hmm. because in time it may tarry, but it will come. Yes. So we yes. encourage you, you know, that's one nugget. The second nugget is 
be persistent. You know, this is a long mm-hmm. game. This is not a short game. So don't don't get discouraged. So those are the two mm-hmm. nuggets so far from this conversation. And just mm-hmm. listening to the two of you, I hear joy. I hear that there's oh, yeah. joy in doing this work. So what's been the greatest joy for this adventure for the two of you? <laughs> I mean, definitely it has to be, for me, working with my sister in this capacity has just been such a joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've I've always viewed my sister just in a very special light. I We've been through so much together, and just to see, see her as a businesswoman, um, her taking this leap of faith. I mean, she she quit her university job for this and go all in. Um, it has just been so rewarding. And the reality is, too, like, I feel like it's an advantage for us. You know, when people try to find co-founders and team members, you just don't really know you know, people at their core and what it's going to be like working with them through Mm -hmm. and through. But I know that at the end of the day that my sister has my back no matter what. Even if I make Mm -hmm. a bad decision or (laughs) if I completely botch a pitch or an answer to a question from an investor, like I know that my sister is going to love me and support me regardless because our relationship is much deeper than just co-founder and, you know, quick hire. Our relationship Mm -hmm. was strong before and it's going to be stronger after after this. So to me, it has definitely been um, the greatest joy working with her for sure. I don't know, Angie, yeah. what you got? No, I completely agree with that. Like, uh, you know, since I was a, a child, I'd always be like, Deborah is like CEO, boss lady, like, you know, and just <laughs> to be able to, you know, walk with her in this journey that we're on has just been so amazing, such an amazing experience. And and also the other the, the other joy of experiencing is that this was just an idea that we have. And so every yeah. step of the journey of meeting a great developer or when our app was, was available for the first time in the app store, I mean, I yeah. would say it's similar to a, an artist hearing their song on the radio for the first time or an actor watching their uh, film at the movie theater. Those little joys of this happening, people are coming to life. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's really, really exciting. So just watching that growth, um, whether it's the platform or the growth uh, in myself or, or watching Deborah has just been amazing. And just the start, like we're continuing to expand ideas of where we want to go with it, the things that we want to do. So our ideas just get bigger and bigger, you know, and there's no bounds to what we can create. So having that freedom yeah. has just been really exciting as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... One of the things that or our mantra here at The Heightening is that we are women who are living intentional and empowered lives, and we're living the life that God created us to live. How Mm -hmm. has this endeavor um, allowed you to create the life that you want to live? Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's a good one. I I, Obviously, I think you're going to have quite a powerful one. You know, always felt like, when something is for me, you know, like I said earlier, God will close the door or he'll open a door. And I feel like it has just been um, very clear from little things that have happened along the way. Like one of the things that we struggled with was how in the world are we going to fund this, you know, or like how mm-hmm. in the world is something like this going to come to life? Like we don't have any tech background. Like this is just ridiculous. But 
Mm-hmm. God somehow has orchestrated and put everything into place. Literally, like we were out of nowhere, like a, approved for like this loan that like we were able to use to get started. I mean, just things have just fallen that has been very mm-hmm. clear. And I think a matter of just being able to say yes, um, you know, to to the purpose that he has called us to, I think it's just extremely rewarding. But I'm curious to hear what Angie has to say. Yeah. Yeah. And she's curious because she has been on this journey with me, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the last position that I was at before I started doing um, uh, quick hire full time, I was working at a university and you could tell when someone doesn't really value you as a person, they may, you know, appreciate all of the work that you do, but at some point they may be taking advantage of the hard work that you're putting in or it's just not being reciprocated. And so I had um, moments with this certain job for probably the last year where I was like, God is telling me that I need to leave, but I'm really comfortable here. I have security here. It's a great university. It has a big name. You know, it's a great position, all of these things. But I really felt a pull that I shouldn't be there. Sometimes if you don't listen to what God is telling you, he will show you that you're not supposed to be there. And so, uh, you know, during uh, COVID, I actually got COVID about two months ago. And it was really, really bad experience. I mean, it was really, it really took a toll on my body. I had to go to the hospital for it. And there was a, uh, I was coming out of the hospital and I was sending my boss an email saying, hey, I actually have COVID, was just at the hospital, probably going to be out for a week or so to recover. And my boss responded to me saying, sorry to hear that, but we have a huge deadline coming up. If you need my help, I'm going to need X, Y, and Z, all of these reports from you. And if you can't, you know, get that done, then um, unfortunately, we're still going to need you to, to work through this sickness. And here I am. Literally, you know, you know, coming out of the hospital and for uh, an organization that, you know, is saying that they are nonprofit, saying that they put their employees first and saying that they care for their students first, but they're not actually showing it at the moment where it counts. And I was like, I never want to work for someone or something or an entity where I have to question if they have my best at heart, if they truly, truly have my best, you know, at heart. And that was what God was showing me. Like, I've been telling you, you don't need to be here. What else do you need to see? (laughs) And, you know, that was all I needed to know. Like, I was like, here I am. I am, you know, giving up so much of my time because we're trying to do quick hire, but I am still trying to work at this position that I just had this idea that it was so great, even though they're not treating me well. And at my, you know, the moment that I need them the most, they can't support me. So literally that week, I was like, hey, I'm leaving this job. (laughs) I'm leaving this job. (laughs) You know, like, I I can't do, you know, I'd rather take a chance on myself, you know, because I know that you know, what I'm creating with my sister, we are always going to put our lives and our health first, you know, before anything. And just those basic entities, those basic, you know, things that you want, 
um, are sometimes hard to come by with with jobs uh, today in America. So that was another push for us to really get Quick Hire going so that we can start working for ourselves and creating our own, you know, policies. And, you know, if we, when, we, when we start hiring people, we can create a culture where that will never happen. Yeah. We can really put their, them, their health and their families first. And so... So, yeah, so that was definitely a, an interesting uh, situation that happened to me. <laughs> uh, but it definitely uh, pushed us uh, to get Quick Hire moving. Well, I am so happy to hear that you are on the other side of that. that yeah. you are still with us, that you, God is allowing you to bring a program, a process, an organization into existence that will create opportunities for individuals. But also you're talking about creating a corporate culture that Mm -hmm. is supportive and reflective of your values. And that's even more reason why your organization will thrive um, because it's not just about you. You're thinking about Mm -hmm. creating an environment for others to be able to not be treated inappropriately and unequitably. So that's, exactly. um, again, kudos to you, um, to you and Deborah. This is amazing. So we mm-hmm. we talked a little bit. That was that was tough. The self-talk that you needed to get through that. And, Deborah, you talked and referenced earlier to a disappointment that you experienced with business. What is some mm-hmm. self-talk that, you have to overcome those days that just are not going the way that makes you feel the best or um, where you're not thriving. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you've hit, hit a couple of roadblocks. What are some of the, what's your self-talk? Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think it's for me personally, um, it's, I'm not so much about self. I I have to have kind of like, your your cheer team, if you will. And that would probably be my number one advice to, you know, other business leaders or startup founders or what have you. Um, I think having Angie has been so helpful, especially in those moments, you know, and being able to encourage mm-hmm. one another. I would strongly encourage that you find your team of cheerleaders. My husband has played that role as well. You know, um, if it's a close friend, if it's a sibling or whomever it is, I think sometimes, I definitely always think it's important to encourage yourself, but sometimes you just need to have the encouragement of a loved one to remind you, hey, this is there's a bigger plan here. So I, I, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend that for anyone going in, into this space. Yeah, and, and another point is um, we know our audience very, very well, um, not just because we've done like, endless like research and panel discussion and spoke to people about our ideas and things but we've worked in these positions we've worked in you know uh yeah skilled trade blue collar service industry work and we know what's missing um right now and so being able to speak to people that need this app really makes us push through the hard times, mm-hmm. um, being able to, yeah. to, you know, speak to someone who's like, oh, if I just had this, like, this would really help me and, and things like that. So really knowing your audience and knowing them at a true personal level um, and how it could even impact an individual's life has been something really huge on us. Just, you know, keep 
you know, to keep going through these difficult times. So we talked a lot about you as individuals, you as business partners, you as sisters, and the personal side of Quick Hire. Let's talk a little bit mm-hmm. about Quick Hire. Um, tell <laughs> us what your company is. Tell us exactly what it is that you do. Tell us about it. Yeah, for sure. So I can tell you about, you know, how it operates from an operational standpoint. But Angie, do you kind of want to give like a high level vision for Quick Hire? Yeah. So we are specifically uh, for skilled trade and service industry workers trying to find work quickly. It's in the name. And we are really trying to uh, advance an antiquated system. Um, Like I had previously said at the, the beginning that a lot of industries still rely on paper applications, really old, clunky, hard-to-use you know, platforms. We want to update that. So we are available on desktop as well as the app. And when you get on, it's very similar to Tinder. We know that we are a millennial world. Three out of four people will be uh, millennials by the year 2025. So we wanted to cater to them by having an easy way to apply. So when you get on, it's very similar, swipe left, swipe right. That's how you apply and pass jobs. And we have incorporated a lot of different technological advances to make the um, application process a little bit easier. And I think, Deb, you wanted to go into that part? Yeah. So if both companies, if you're looking for employees specifically in the skilled labor space, or if you are a candidate looking for a job, you'll come to our app. And as Angie said, it's available in Google Play and Apple Store. Just search Quick Hire and then um, you can also go to getquickhire.com. So you'll come to our platform. You'll answer just a few onboarding questions, and that's to help match you with jobs in your area if you're a candidate, or it's going to help um, find you candidates if you're a company. So you'll answer those few onboarding questions, and then for candidates, it'll bring you to a home screen where, as Angie said, you'll swipe left to pass on a job or swipe right to apply. And then if you're a job, um, a company, it'll bring you to a home screen where you can easily post a job. And this is just stage one of our vision. Our high-level vision is to really be a workforce development community specifically for the segment of the workforce. And so what that means is we want to not only help connect talent to opportunity, but we want to help with career progression. So we're working to implement features that's going to help with feedback and ways that people can progress in their career um, so that, you know, when they log into Quick Hire, they can easily see the status of their career health. So almost kind of like when you check your credit score, you know, you can easily log in and see how am I doing. And we want people to feel the same way when they log into Quick Hire eventually. So that's kind of like our long-term vision. Amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. And I think it definitely complements where we are as a country with the cost of higher education, reaching levels that individuals just cannot attain right now for multiple reasons. One, with the high unemployment rate, with uh, white-collar jobs not necessarily being as plentiful in the past and the need for, as we talked about, the understanding that who really makes our economy run or our our blue-collar employees and Mm -hmm. the push Mm -hmm. now for trade So, you know, some parents are encouraging their children not only to get that college degree, but also you need to have a trade. 
yeah. to be able yeah. to, yes, um, to be able mm-hmm. to succeed. So Quick Hire definitely is on the pulse of what's happening around the country. Oh, yeah. And um, it is exciting to know that the two of you are at the helm and are creating this opportunity for many, many individuals to come forward. So thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for bringing your vision to pass, and we look forward to watching Quick Hire grow. So if there were, as we wrap up our conversation, if there were any tips, what tips would you share with new startups? Angie, go for it. I'll let you go first. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So tips for new startups. So you really have to believe and have a clear vision um, of your idea and what you're wanting to create um, because there's going to be a lot of difficult times, um, whether it's access to capital, um, whether it's, you know, some kind of closed door along the way. But if you really believe in what you're doing, you will persevere and push through. So just don't take no for an answer and really, really believe and stay true to your vision because oftentimes people hear no's and they pivot too soon. They change their ideas Mm -hmm. too soon. And so give your idea time to grow and time to breathe and, and, and really believe in what you're building. Yeah, 100%. To Angie's point, it's sometimes it's not necessarily about outperforming your competition, but more so outlasting them. The road is really, it could be challenging. Um, but And so a lot of people give up too soon. <laughs> and so sometimes mm-hmm. it's really just about the perseverance aspect. Another tip we would say is to just make sure you just do your research as much as possible before you spend a dollar. Um, yes. So as Angie was saying, we did a lot of focus groups. Um, we we talked to a lot of different companies. We did all of that before we even started building. Um, and I think that sometimes people just get so excited to to start building, they just start spending and end up losing a lot of money um, and re- critical resources. So again, there's a lot that you can do before you start spending a dollar. Um, and then also just utilize your networks as much as you can. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of headaches that we did avoid because we utilized our networks. We learned from their mistakes. We learned how they did things so that we could avoid making some of those. Granted, you're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I think that there are definitely some bumps that you can avoid by just doing your research and networking with others and, and just really knowing what you're getting into before you start spending money. Mm-hmm. Deborah. Angie, I really want to thank you. You, even in the wrap-up, I started to start to ask you more questions, and I realized, no, we're wrapping up, so don't don't go down that don't go down that path. <laughs> um, but I would definitely want to invite you back for another conversation. Yeah. But there was something. Yeah, great. I'm glad you said yes. There was something yeah. you said that I really want our listeners to hone in on. You talked about researching. You talked about talking to your business customer as well as your individual customer. And Mm -hmm. what I heard when you shared some of your process to get started was you did your research. You had conversations. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. under that, I didn't hear anything about fear. A lot of times Mm -hmm. people 
don't talk about, don't want to do the research or get feedback because they're afraid someone's going to steal their idea. So if I tell mm-hmm. you what I'm doing or if I ask too many questions or I put it out there, you'll steal it. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, I believe, what we talked about earlier is the belief that what's for you is for you. What God has for you is for you. Yeah. And because yeah. you were standing on that foundation, that foundational belief that this was a God idea, it gave mm-hmm. you the freedom to do the work so that you can build the proper product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah. Again, like I said, we can go through a whole nother, but that's what I heard when you talked about your process, um, Mm -hmm. is that you were walking in faith, that you were walking Mm -hmm. in faith and walking in a belief that this is your calling, that this is what God wanted you to do. Right. And that, that was clear to me, and I hope it was clear to our listeners um, who are Mm -hmm. considering startups. Take the time to make sure that you are responding to what God is calling you to, and yep. he will walk you along that path. Mm-hmm. Deborah, Angela, thank you so much. Quick Hire. Once again, tell us yeah. how to find Quick Hire. Yes, thank you. Yeah. You can find us online, www.getquickhire.com. You can also email us at hello at getquickhire.com, and then also in the app store um, on your Apple devices or in Google Play, Quick Hire, mm-hmm. all one word. What else? Am I missing and anything? Also, social, media? Um, social media, yeah. Social media, Instagram, you can find us at Get Quick Hire. Same for Facebook as well. And LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn um, under Quick Hire. But on Instagram, we are Get Quick Hire. Thank you, ladies. We are excited about watching you grow, we will definitely, listeners, make sure that you find Quick Hire on all of your social media networks, visit their website, and sign up. Spread the word that they are helping. Yes, spread the word. Get people signed up on Quick Hire. And if you're a company, if you're a business owner, if you're one of our listeners and you own your business, please check them out as a source to assist you in getting staffed. Thank you so much, ladies. We truly appreciate your sharing your story with us, and we look forward to having you back again so you could tell us more about the great things that are happening at your organization. Absolutely. 100%. Thank you you for having us. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit us at www.theheightening.com.